Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Today, I am in conversation with Raminder Rathor, a DevOps practitioner, where she shares how her father's foresight nudged her into choosing IT as a career, her experience over the years playing different roles, experiencing different cultures, and her personal philosophy of empathy and patience. And by the way, do not miss her answer to a question that I had that was waiting for 14 years to be asked. Listen on. Hi, Raminder. Welcome to the Software People Stories. Hello. Hi, Shiv. It's, uh, I'm glad to be here. And thank you for inviting me at this platform. Yeah. In fact, uh, yeah. this is something that we've been planning for a long time. So finally, we are able yes. to do it now. Finally, we meet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so we usually start our conversations with a self-introduction. And if you can talk okay. about how you got into IT and what has been your career trajectory, we can, mm-hmm. we can. Thanks, Shiv. I will introduce myself first. I'm Raminder Rathor, DevOps practitioner, currently working with Itzil Technologies. I'm based out of Canada, about to complete two decades in IT, a wonderful journey so far. I currently lead the DevOps Center of Excellence at HCL. Me and my team, we work uh, with multiple customers across the globe, spanning different business domains. We focus on the people, process and tools aspect of DevOps. Apart from consulting engagements, I do a lot of research and development, exploring tools in the courts and the open source space and I'm an active blogger too. Stepping into IT was something I had not planned for and I believe uh, you know things are already destined. So to share an incident, um, I was in grade 8 when uh, one uh, you know at the dinner table I was talking with my dad and he asked me this question that what are your plans in future? What do you want to be? And uh, this were, this was sometime in early 90s where uh, every student or I would say every kid had this dream of either becoming a doctor or an engineer. So I was like a very uh, obedient child telling my dad, option A, doctor, option B, engineering. He came, he then replied, uh, why not computers? And I'm telling him, I said, no, dad, that I think it's not a cup of tea for me, although I have it as a subject in school. It's not that I don't like it. It's like, I feel it's very slow, right? I was learning uh, the language Pascal at that time. And I was like, no, it's very slow. So he was like, my advice for you is have option three as well, that in future, what I vision is down the line in the next two decades, IT is going to be a foundational pillar everywhere. And I was like, okay, dad, but I'll keep your advice in mind. So that was a conversation I had, the first conversation where my parents were also asking me what you want to be, like what's your vision. Unfortunately, after that conversation, a few months later, I lost both my parents. So that was major setback in life. But uh, I believe that was a learning for me as well, because I went through many hardships at that time. Uh, You know, thanks to my maternal aunt and a husband who, who, you know, were our guardians, they took care of me and my sister at that time and they always have been motivating us and asking the same question as I was getting into high school that you know what's your vision what do you want to be and uh, with at that time with the existing financial crisis 
obviously doctor and engineering was something i was thinking it's not in my scope i hmm. maybe i need hmm. more time more effort and more money so and uh, i remember in 12th i was a science student and i was actually a good student at that time uh, you know a topper of my class so i was like okay i think uh, you know my i was able to recall my dad's conversation where he said that option 3 that is computers i said that's not a bad i i should th- rethink about that so uh, after 12th i actually um, enrolled myself into bachelor's degree in uh, bca and at the same time i actually enrolled myself for a diploma course in software engineering so i said okay let me give me some time to understand what actually software engineering is and uh, and in parallel i actually started uh, you know teaching in a uh, school which was for uh, the underprivileged kids so i used to like teaching so i was like okay if if nothing clicks teacher is one thing i definitely will become <laughs> so that was one option <laughs> for me so as time passed as i was graduating i started developing the interest in in, in software so i started i learned languages like c c++ mouse programming at that time and that was very uh, exciting and i found myself i used to question myself that is this the right path for me ahead so while i was teaching but i was like okay i definitely have to think for the future so uh, after graduation the first job that i landed was of uh, being a faculty at one of the computer institutes and i was like uh, not a bad start because uh, i already was a teacher now i'm a faculty teaching uh, you know the, the language to students so i think it's it's a good option for me i always have been a believer of that if you learn something in theory in practical it's always good to share it with others as well and teaching is one way to do that this was somewhere in early 2000s where um, .net was coming in and there was this new subject across all the computer institutes on .net so while uh, in my graduation and in the diploma course i wasn't having uh, .net as a chap uh, as a course but i started exploring myself because i already was doing visual basic so i said okay let me explore and see you know what .net is you know the concept because the concepts were uh, i was well familiar with the concepts of object orientation so i said okay let me go ahead so while i was doing that uh, luckily i got hold of some freelancing projects so i said yes i definitely should give a try for these as well so i actually was testing myself you know testing myself in waters where where do i stand so i was doing teaching at the same time i started doing freelancing development and that's where i was becoming firm that yes computers is my career move forward and i need to be determined but yes i need to have patience in that then slowly as years passed by i landed to uh, being a developer i got an actual uh, position as a developer in one of the companies in delhi and um, i got to work on this content management system everything on dotnet so whatever i was learning i was exploring i was able to do it live so that was one of the uh, the stepping stones i would say the next stepping stone i said okay enough of being a faculty now i definitely will be a, a teacher all my life but the next step is into development so i became a developer learned a lot of good practices explored myself i started looking at other areas of a product life cycle that development is just one piece to it there are a lot of pieces starting from the business analysis uh, we have testing deployment and what not so i started graduating from being a developer to being a tester then became becoming a business analyst and then in my company uh, the existing company they gave me an opportunity that uh, do you want to be a consultant i was like okay what exactly is this consultant and uh, 
so i started exploring myself and i found that it's actually a good opportunity the next step where as a consultant you get an opportunity you get a problem statement in front of you you are studying the problem and then you are giving recommendations right and it all comes with experience so as time by time uh, passed by i graduated from you know just being a simple developer or a project manager to being a consultant i initially was a tools consultant i did a lot of exploration in the tools aspect in the tools area a lot of certifications in ibm tools that was late in 2000s where um, ibm rational tools were everywhere whether it was requisite pro clear case clear question what not and those were my favorite topics so i slowly you know did all that stuff from a tools consultant and then i figured out that yes now is the time to move to the next step you know there are processes with every tool tool is just the most low hanging fruit we have so the graduation then was from a tools consultant to a process consultant becoming more of a people consultant and then today i am um, happy to say that yes now i'm a devops consultant or a devops practitioner i have been uh, you know with all these years now it's almost would be completing two decades now in it i recall the same statement my oh. father said that <laughs> two decades later you will find it to be very strong pillar and you would like that subject so uh, while i don't have uh, him with me today but i i really feel that yes that was a very nice conversation i had that that time and uh, that really helped me evolve as an individual so today being a devops practitioner it's an excellent experience because i get to meet with different customers today i share my experiences of all these years that were there right the best practices and all that so but yes it's it's been a long journey with a lot of ups and downs but yes a lot of experiences you know which are really worth it very yeah. interesting and touching also your dad definitely had a vision of what is coming in the future that's so great. true so true yes i i totally that actually uh, you know gives me more confidence that yes as parents i think you definitely have a vision for your kids and you, you should definitely share that with your kids so my elder one now is in 8th grade <laughs> so i was like i'll ask this question to him now that what you want to be now so i was like yeah. okay those things are destined but yes as a parent i think that that really helped me and i think it should help my kids as well yeah nowadays i think kids have a lot of options a lot of specialization a lot of cross domain kind <laughs> of uh, disciplines yes very yeah. true in fact whether you talk it or any industry i think uh, the opportunities are uh, are are many i i keep looking at kids today uh, they are uh, with i think the new generation is more like there is nothing called a doctor engineer or what it's all passion today so i think kids follow their passion i see the uh, the kids today you know doing acting singing dancing and what not and i actually praise that yes they're following their passion that yes there are tons of opportunities today i think way back at my uh, you know in in our era or so i would say it was totally different like as i said it was doctor engineer options he never thought of but today kids have one two three four and what not <laughs> yeah yeah one question i had was you talked about the different roles that you play yep but you also been moving countries how has that experience yes. been oh uh, a good one in fact uh, so i was born in chennai i was born in south india so i uh, i still love chennai so that's my birthplace maybe i was born there oh. and born brought up there and then uh, after this uh, this personal incident that happened uh, i had to move with my maternal aunt and her husband to delhi so that's how i always say my journey from kanyakumari to the himalayas and um, so way back in delhi uh, and then got married to a family in from himachal so 
you know blessed with a family who always have been so supportive with me and then uh, it was work for which uh, while uh, you know working for uh, you know hcl i've been with hcl for about 14 years now i got this opportunity to move to us so i actually moved from india to us for work again i was there for texas for about close to 2 years a nice country nice place to work excellent customers i got an opportunity to work with different customers in different areas and then uh, again for work i moved from us to canada where am i where i'm settled today don't wish to move from here of course but yes so different roles have also as i was graduating in roles i also graduated in countries now so three different continents no i would say two in fact asia and north america uh, different countries but yes i think initially the thought was there was a lot of hesitation uh, within me and my husband that is it a good thing for our kids but finally we felt that it was a nice exposure for the kids because they get to learn different cultures it definitely helps them my kids were very reserved but i think with changing continents as my role was graduating they also having graduating now they become more open they're very confident so i think changing countries also you know helped my family a lot me as well because i got an opportunity to work with different customers across different countries now so i got this opportunity to see how things work things that work in one country doesn't work the same in the other as well of course there are rules and compliance also that are different but yes that has all these have been nice experiences so far like that was one of the questions i mm-hmm. wanted to ask you see as part mm-hmm. of your role change when you said from being a teacher to a tools person developer mm-hmm. then a process mm-hmm. person all mm-hmm. that and with people mm-hmm. and people across cultures mm-hmm. so how has your own transition been mm-hmm. in terms of solving problems with teams that come mm-hmm. with different perspectives maybe different cultures different priorities and so on right i think one thing that i have uh, learned and i i would say culture within my team is uh, the the notion of empathy and always being a good listener you always have to have a lot of patience and listen so i think as in the past two decades of my own career uh, one thing i have learned is even if you have to solve a problem you have to be a good listener you have to be a good observer so these are the two important qualities you know required to understand where the problem is and where to hit the nail actually so and then if i talk about uh, different customers also for example i think the notion always has been is that we should be concerned about what the customer says and you always have to say yes 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 i realized that no it, it shouldn't be the way it is right if something has to be declined or so with the customer i think there's a way to communicate the same if there is good communication between yourself and the customer or with any or with anyone in life as well if you have to say no it's also an art to say no right and you also have to empathize the other person that what would be the person's reaction it's fine I mean, that person may not like it you know if you are trying to say that no i don't want to do this work but then at some point of time yes that's an art that you should learn over the time period and i keep sharing the same with my team as well if there is something that you can't take up have the confidence to say no as well it's fine right you need not be rude but there's a way to be polite and say that you know okay this uh, can't be done or whatever has been projected is not according to my expectations so my experiences as an individual as a people person has also been that empathy and patience is also needed you have to have these different traits to evolve as a good human being two questions triggered by that okay <laughs> no one one are there any practices 
that have helped you develop empathy or that you recommend for your team mm-hmm. and two mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. in a devops kind of mm-hmm. situation it is beyond just tools now when you have to have some influence on the culture with your mm-hmm. clients whether mm-hmm. it is the one team concept that it mentioned right. or bringing those things together okay. so how do you influence so one is empathy the other is the influence but right right so Correct. are there any practices that have helped you or you have any tips for your teams okay for your first question uh, so definitely i i think as an individual it's always good to keep learning and keep evolving when i got an opportunity to become a manager the first thing i did was you know i did attend a training program which was on project management skills and the first thing that they taught was that okay you should learn the art of saying no as well so that was an eye opener for me because we had experts in the training session who actually said that okay if you want to be a successful manager you should be a people's manager and that's only possible you know when uh, you know you you work with the team and when you're working with the customers as well you should know how to communicate the word no as well so trainings i strongly believe really help a person to mature so trainings like if you are planning to you know step into project management then definitely you should vision those kinds of trainings that are there there are tons of training technical training programs that also have helped me to you know graduate from just being a tools consultant to become a process consultant to be a devops consultant so the, uh, answering your second question yes i think as a practice i think from time to time we definitely should keep educating ourselves there's a lot that's coming in the it industry and it's good that we keep evolving with time so for example i do have a kra in my team today that there's some percentage i've you know reserved for my team that you have to do self it's self competency so what are you doing in you know 6 months or 12 months to evolve yourself right did you actually attend a technical training program because that so these are formal sessions where you actually take some time off you attend a training session you get to learn new concepts along with that i also say that while you do your technical programs certify also there are certifications available so that helps you test your knowledge so this is more from a formal perspective the other practice that i usually do is i do have you know regular knowledge sharing sessions where i keep telling my team that you know let's share so if you have learned something you should be in a position to share it as well so that would you know help you gain confidence so whatever you have learned try to explain it to your team members so we have you know short 15 to 30 minute sessions where team members exchange ideas they share that okay you know i explored this x tool this is what i got to know about it and then there are other team members who i try to motivate and say that okay you know what are your thoughts on this tool do you think it is better than that or not so we do a lot of research and development in that area as well so that ways as a practice team i believe that that's a culture that you need to keep driving throughout because the moment if a person gets stagnant he is not learning anything then i think <laughs> that's where you know it's, it's going to be silence everywhere you definitely have to keep moving and that's what i keep telling my teams that yes keep upskilling yourself don't wait for somebody to come and tell you i definitely am there to share my experiences the way things are working the customer we do develop case studies today so we say that case study is a good opportunity to see what work did you actually give it back to the customer so the way you articulate your stuff the way you you explain your things so all these are uh, nitty gritty stuff in the team but as days pass by if you practice it regularly 
it actually you know provides everybody the confidence and everybody feels that yes you know i'm i'm upgrading myself i'm not stagnant at one area or with one tool or one concept so so definitely training programs for sure are the technical formal trainings that are there secondly definitely is uh, you know being collaborative with the team all the time right that's very important that's a success pillar i would say third definitely is uh, I, i remember you know shiv working with you as well and you always have been talking about that whatever you learn you should give it back to the uh, community so i keep telling the same to my team as well that we are developing anything that can be shared with the teams let's do that so we recently uh, started um, a platform where uh, me and my team we we post a lot of blogs today so we started doing a lot of blogging so oh, nice and I, and i'm so happy that my team members are there who actually come and blog now we pick up a topic each one of us they pick up a topic and they write so i do edit and reviews for them but then i really like that they have started sharing information so uh, some of us do uh, we do code as well we do a lot of coding we do a lot of uh, you know thought uh, we do uh, we try to share thoughts in the blog but that definitely has helped my team to evolve yeah i hope that answers both your questions <laughs> yes and it triggers one more question okay <laughs> which is a combination of na, empathy and teams uh-huh. uh, particularly in uh, service organizations yeah there is always this feeling mm-hmm. that people or the team members who are closer to the customer typically the on site mm-hmm. part of the team and mm-hmm. people who are offshore mm-hmm. there is a feeling that somehow the productivity is higher when you are closer to the customer or the understanding of the problem is less when you are remote etc mm-hmm. so how do you address those now how do you get mm-hmm. your distributed global teams all to be okay. in sync and uh, solve the customers problems okay that's a very common problem uh, you know and uh, i i agree to your uh, statement that yes offshore team always think that yes since we are not close to the customer uh, you know so whatever is communicated to us by the onshore lead that's it but i believe it's uh, and it's not that i haven't come across uh, those uh, those issues but yes i too have come across those issues one good thing that has happened uh, i would say i don't know whether we should call it good or what but with covid a lot of our meetings have went virtual so there have been opportunities where uh, you know most of the sessions are recorded so whether it's an onsite team or an offshore team if they have a meeting with a customer all of them are there in one session so now we don't have geographically distributed teams we have micro distributed teams everywhere today so i think in the past one one and a half years with covid i think uh, this was an opportunity for all of us to think about how can we evolve this the connectivity between onshore and offshore today there's nothing called onshore offshore it's all remote today so one thing that has that i started thinking about was uh, having that regular connect with the team right and also to uh, help them so what i think it's always two ways the the person who's working on the onshore he definitely have to see ways where he can keep the on offshore team also looped with him in all the conversations obviously there are time differences but there are instances where you actually can you know motivate and ensure that the offshore team is linked up on the onshore calls with them definitely there are multiple processes where handovers are happening between onshore and offshore apart from that i think the practices of having these regular conversations recording the sessions and listening to them right explaining the things to the offshore team 
and at the end what matters is the offshore team should be able to call out the issues if they feel that yes i still don't understand this requirement i think the onshore lead then actually needs to communicate again with the customer ensure that we are able to understand it better it's all about me making them feel that all of you are important for the team irrespective of your location what matters is your role all right and so those are the things that i think we definitely have to churn in the team and say that yes if there are issues call it out we definitely will find out a way to get the answers if there is something that you feel that uh, the onshore team is more important that's not the case the offshore team is also important that ways another uh, practice is that if given an opportunity we should definitely have rotation of the leads between onshore and offshore so the person who is working at offshore should be given an opportunity for some time to be at onshore meet the customer so that way the person also feels important that yes you know i know okay this is the customer i've been talking with him over a video chat but now i'm meeting this customer so and then you know the the onshore lead can come sometime to the offshore so a rotation really helps in most cases it may not help because with the uh, things like covid and maybe the bud- the budgets issue that may come up but yes if given a chance i think definitely we should try that option where the offshore team is we may, we make them feel comfortable that you're part of the team you're not <laughs> separate from the team i hope that answers your question yeah then definitely i mean there are no right or wrong answers it's just your yeah. how you've done it exactly. before this conversation you were talking about when we spoke last about this one team concept that you are promoting yes yes yeah. that's right correct um, is that something that is applicable in this situation also yes i would say uh, if we are talking about devops as a cultural journey i think the, the basic foundation is definitely the people so and i always go with that philosophy that devops is all about that one team concept so it's something you're building something and you're trying to deploy run it as well so having said that the teams have to feel that there's nothing called a middleware team a development team a release team no it's one team at the end of the day we all have our roles to contribute and we all have a common vision so those definitely are the factors that actually have to be spread across i would say evangelized between the teams that yes all of us are one team so even if a, if in a call if you are saying that okay i am from a middleware team don't say that that's not required you are part of a team right you wrote your name and that's it right because each one of you are important in the team you all have your own contributions so that is a cultural change which takes its own sweet time to evolve i really got opportunities to work with customers where they were starting their devops culture their devops journey and most of most of that organization a majority of the organization was trying to resist the change so they were like no we are a different team they are a different team you know we have our own rigid processes we have defined timelines when we talk with each other right so why you know collaborate more what is the need that is the most difficult aspect in any organization today you know changing that mindset and that starts with uh, you know people like us who actually have to evangelize this concept that at the end of the day it's one team everyone is important everybody has a role to play at the end of the day it's a successful film that we have to you know uh, host it in theaters so we have to ensure that everybody right from a cameraman to a producer director actor singer they all have their own role so we are building successful products today for customers so location is something that you should not think about but yes you should think about how we can improve the product is there a feedback that we can give to our customers itself right as a customer shared a feedback that all of us can brainstorm and think about it 
so that cultural uh, thing because one thing i've experienced is that most customers today think that devops is all about automation right so if i'm able to automate my ci cd i'm able to automate my infrastructure as code that's devops but devops is a lot more than that it's a thought process so it's an evolution of how people work it's all about your ways of working so traditionally the way we had those teams about two decades ago where you had these disparate teams right you had uh, a separate development team and operations team you know have different uh, different you know sub teams also so but now the concept is all of you are one we have to change the way we were working and all this is possible when you use your these advanced tool sets that are there you have common tools so people feel comfortable uh, you know sharing and communicating with each other if they have something in common so that one team concept gets successful when you start sharing tools when you have an integrated set of tools you know which brings a visibility to everybody in the team so there is nothing called uh, hidden and something <laughs> you know that's made available to everyone no it's transparent so those are you know the, the practices that are evolving today as well organizations are seeing that yes these are opportunities that we should tap on but yes it's not a simple journey right that one team concept takes a while to evolve absolutely in fact i yeah. ask a lot of people mm-hmm. we talk about this entire chain working together mm-hmm. the full life cycle and all that mm-hmm. but still in most places the devops is spelled with the d and o in capitals yeah. <laughs> right? so yeah, you still want right. to maintain that then you get the dev sec ops then you have all these other things ultimately you... probably one team is a simpler concept rather than calling it uh, you know dev ops dev ops dev ops and all that okay but you know, yeah. i like the uh, metaphor of making a movie yeah definitely you know different yes. skills come together yeah so yeah. true right yeah i totally agree that devops itself um, has got different names in fact the other day i was exploring somebody said no ops somebody said it's uh, net devops and what not i think uh, Uh, i truly go with that statement it's one team right it's uh, yeah. okay yeah. so devops let it be the way it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, this is a question that probably i've been waiting for the last 14 years to ask is it okay, okay. now in a sense now that you're talking i just remembered and then i said maybe it has been <laughs> waiting there okay. i don't know if you remember the first time we met oh yes you still remember that shiv <laughs> you remember that i also remember that so i was wondering why you waited till the end to ask your question and by the way for the listeners uh, uh-huh. we should probably give a little context maybe first hear the context <laughs> your your version of the context okay so uh, in fact yeah I, you know yes uh, shiv that brings a big smile on my face <laughs> because that was the first time i met you so in fact for uh, the people who are um, there um, so i had recently joined hcl this was in 2007 and uh, there was this meeting a team huddle meeting i would say where uh, shiv uh, shiv stepped in and uh, he was actually sharing some updates with the team and uh, i was being a new joinee i was just patiently listening so and uh, the person who was standing next to me i slowly asked like who's this person who's talking so that person also was a new joinee and he said keep quiet don't don't ask questions just listen i said okay fine uh, i think uh, by the time when you entered the conversation and you said any questions um, i took that courage to raise my hand and say i have a very small question is uh, keen to know who are you actually <laughs> we all was yeah, we all yeah. were there working and there is somebody who comes up uh, definitely looking at you uh, the first gesture that came up is the person is very experienced he's very matured 
so he has come up is he from hr from where is he because he's giving very good technical updates for all of us but nobody said who this person is so i think that was the uh, the incident uh, and i'm surprised you still remember that our first meeting yeah, <laughs> yeah. so the question yeah. is now, why did you have to wait till the end to ask that question okay <laughs> okay so i i again uh, go with this that uh, you know you need to be a good listener so when we started that meeting i was like okay everybody said uh, uh, you know okay we have a quick team huddle so let's come up i'm of that nature that i prefer listening that okay somebody is talking right so i avoid interrupting somebody who has a thought process to share so i definitely wanted to wait that you finish your statements that are there whatever you wanted to convey to the team so i didn't want to interrupt that flow right and so that was the first reason i always uh, keep telling my team as well that if a leader is saying something wait till the end listen the whole conversation there have been con- uh, you know experiences where uh, you know some, somebody saying something and then you interrupt all right and then the person says you, know, you have you'll get this answer in next few minutes or so while in my case that was not the case but but yes uh, that was the first thing i wanted you to finish your flow of thought uh, the second definitely i was gaining courage to ask that question <laughs> i asked my person standing next to me and the person was like i don't know but you keep quiet and i was like no i think we should not be quiet right we mm. I, i think i have that a little freedom to ask that question yeah but yeah. yes those were the two key reasons sure okay. actually that was very good because you know, those were days when i was also traveling a lot across all the centers and locations and our team was also yeah. growing yeah. and uh, after that i made it a point in every meeting at least first introduce myself or you know, say because there are always some new people who are there in the team okay yeah. so that helped <laughs> Yeah, yeah right i i hope shiv you finally have your answer why did i yes. why did yes, i wait till the end <laughs> yeah okay i didn't realize that we've been uh, we have been talking so yeah. Uh, yeah usually i'd like mm-hmm. to end our conversations with mm-hmm. some career advice okay. mm-hmm. so from your experience i have it for two segments of people mm-hmm. one if people are looking at entering it today mm-hmm. do you have anything for them like your dad told you 20 years from then like now you see <laughs> yeah. something if somebody is entering now yeah is there anything mm-hmm. for them second is mm-hmm. after some time mm-hmm. people also want a change in role you know like you move from developer to devops okay. right if somebody wants to consider devops mm-hmm. uh, what should one look at or see whether i am cut out for mm-hmm. that okay right so to answer your first question i always uh, the first thing that i keep sharing you know with with the youngsters like even today somebody who approaches me and asks uh, for an advice even i ask the same question you know uh, do you actually listen to your heart your you you definitely have your own passion right so so what's your choice and uh, you know most of the kids that i hear out they say that uh, you know we want to get into it and i ask why just because the world is behind it so i tell them no that's not important right don't just go because the entire world is behind it i to 20 years ago i wanted to be a doctor or an engineer just because everybody was doing that so what matters most is what's your passion levels i've seen a lot of females who approach me and say that uh, you know i have interest in designing right i like to uh, i'm very creative 
So I keep uh, telling them, okay, why don't you get into a course in web designing? Why don't you explore? There are so many opportunities available for you in that area. They they say that, okay, uh, there are, uh, you know, some females who say that I'm not creative. I'm more into development. I said, okay, why don't you do co- courses in development and try to progress in that area? I also tell them that, okay, you're not creative. You're not into development. You just want to do IT because the world is going into IT. Then that's a wrong plan. You definitely have to ask yourself that, What's your passion? What do you want to do at the end of the day? If you want to sleep with full of contentment, then what is it that will make you happy? So the advice that I definitely give to the the new generation who wants to step into IT is question yourself that, you know, is this something that that you would really run for? So when I stepped into IT, I knew that, yes, this is the way forward for me. I have to evolve as a person. And I was quite determined. And I also had a lot of patience as well that, yes, you know, as I'm growing, but today, if I see generation, they lose patience very quickly. So they shouldn't lose heart. They definitely should, you know, ask them that, yes, you know, this is, uh, this is my passion area. I feel that, yes, IT is really the, the destination for me. Only then think of entering IT, right? If they have any other passion, I think they should follow that passion. That's what I always keep, uh, you know, saying anybody who approaches me for an advice. And the second, definitely uh, existing developers or, uh, you know, developers or people working as testers or release engineers, if they are passionate about uh, changing roles, I think that should, that should happen in a career because that helps you evolve as a person as well. So like I evolved with different roles. I think that gave me an opportunity to become a good human as well, to learn new skills. And definitely that's something that I give, I do give it back to the team as well. So. If you want to change your role, definitely certifications and trainings are required. I always say that obviously there are a lot of online training sessions that are there, but I do tell people that reserve some quality time where you only do learning. That's it. So while you're learning something, you know, don't do other activities in parallel. Just stay focused, learn that skill set that is there, right? Find an opportunity that yes, I want to be a DevOps engineer now. I want to upscale myself. I've seen developers that who say that. I've been doing development in Java and C++. Now I want to get into infrastructure as code. So I want to evolve, you know, my role, not just being a simple DevOps in, uh, developer, but now a DevOps engineer. So once you have taken that confidence that, yes, I want to change my role, I think there should be a plan as well that, yes, these this is the skill that I want to enter. Many youngsters today are thinking of getting into AI. Data is everywhere. Everybody wants to do data science now. But the point is, do you really have an interest in that area? If yes, I think you definitely need those foundational courses, the training sessions, the mentorship to step you know, in that uh, path ahead and get successful. So trainings, certifications, and if you're lucky to get a good mentor, definitely. Like uh, even with HCL, I have been blessed with mentors all these 14 years that they actually have helped me while I was changing my roles. They really gave me an opportunity to grow as well and find the opportunities how I can improve. So definitely, I think the right mentorship, the right training skill set would enable anybody to transition from one role to the other role. Yes, but follow follow the passion, I would say. That's really simple and effective advice. Yep. And (laughs) that's about all the time we have for this conversation. Having reconnected, I'm sure we will stay in touch. Definitely. Yes. Yes. And thank you so much for, for inviting me to be here. And I think it really helped me, you know, encapsulate uh, you know all those memories in the past years especially the one when we first met <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, this is also one of the paid forward initiatives where some of your experience will mm-hmm. definitely be useful for people who are going through different phases in their careers. Right, yeah. right. And yeah. that's the reason I always say have patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So thanks, Raminder. Thank you, Shiv. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.